Hello, welcome to the new episode of Supplycast, the podcast from the Healthcare Supply Association. Today I have with me Andrea Smith. Thank you for joining me, Andrea. Good morning. Thanks for having me. I guess many people that are regular listeners to the podcast will, will, will know of you, Andrea, because of your illustrious career. For those people who don't, and also just for the purposes of keeping to the format, uh, can you tell me about what you uh, currently, what your current role is? Yep, I'm um, ICS Procurement Director for South Yorkshire ICS, and I'm also the Procurement Director for Sheffield Teaching Hospitals and Sheffield Children's Hospital. So, uh, Andrea, first of all, can I just uh, get you to take you back down memory lane and a little bit of an idea of how you got into uh, procurement and then NHS procurement? Uh, most people tend to say that they, this is the point where most people tend to say um, they kind of fell into it. Are you going to tell me the same thing? Well, a little bit like that. However, I actually started as an apprentice at Royal Mail. So it was called a postal cadet. And in that you did everything, uh, worked in all different departments, including being a postie. And one of the departments I worked in was the buying team for a little while. Right. Really enjoyed it. So an opportunity came up to actually apply to be in the buying team. And that's what I did as a, a young um postal cadet so that was my first entry into procurement and I loved it absolutely loved it and they put me through my sips really yeah so um yeah it was brilliant really enjoyed it however when I was doing sips at that time all those years ago it was heavily focused on manufacturing oh okay I felt really to get the most out of the qualification, I needed to have a um, ex- some experience in manufacturing. So that's what I went to do. I went to work in the automotive industry, uh, manufacturing. Um, the company manufactured stainless steel exhaust systems for trucks and trains. Okay. Uh, so I got to use my SIPs um, studying in the best way I thought I could. So I did, um, yeah, I've, I've been in procurement all my career, really, um, in different organisations. So manufacturing, I've done welfare to work uh, in the private sector. Um, I've worked in various public sector, police, local authority. So I suppose NHS is the last part of my career, really. I'm not an NHS procurement person through and through. Um, but in the NHS, I've worked at a PCT. I worked at a procurement hub. I used to work at the NOE, CPC. And then, latterly, three different trusts. So Leicester, Doncaster, and then Sheffield. It's interesting that you said that um, you started off in uh, with, with Royal Mail. Have you ever had a conversation with Michael Pace? about no, this because Ma- <laughs> he's a former postman oh right okay. yeah but, but oh. michael michael pace who's obviously was previously um md of uh london procurement partnership uh michael uh was a previously a postman actually funny enough how, how interesting you yeah. know you could like have you know who knows you could you could have hours of conversations discussing the, the uh, uh, uh I, I think i know every postcode in the country uh, 
<laughs> is that part of it? Uh, I, I can... The quiz question on postcodes. The knowledge. <laughs> was that like the equivalent of the knowledge? Uh, NHS, in terms of NHS procurement, do you find it different from those other areas that you're buying in? Um, don't think it's that much different from other areas. However, I really like the fact that what we do directly contributes to patient experience and mm-hmm. our clinical staff. So that's nice. But I suppose in every industry, what you procure is is for the objectives of the business. Mm-hmm. I think procurements, um, it's been difficult to recognise procurement in the NHS as a commercial profession. Mm-hmm. I do think it's only since COVID really that the profile's been raised and yeah. people really understand what procurement is and what it does and the importance. So, you know, when I when people used to say, what do you do? And I'd say, oh, I'm working in procurement. People didn't even know what it was, you know. Yeah. To say, yeah. like, oh, I, I buy things for the NHS or I prepare contracts for the NHS. But now you can actually say procurement and people recognise what it is. So that's nice. Um I think we are getting the recognition procurement deserves because the whole place would come to a standstill if procurement and logistics mm. were doing their jobs um, to the best of their ability. You know, the operations wouldn't go on, the clinicians wouldn't have the products and, and services they need. So it is so important. Yeah, the, the COVID thing is it's, it's um unfortunate way to get recognition, but there's no question that it did put the profession on the map, didn't it? Um, you had that. Obviously, there was even that the time of the then health secretary actually, um, you know, gave a shout out to the procurement profession at one of the um, one of the daily those daily news conferences <laughs> that seem a long time ago now, don't yeah. they? But that they used to have every day. Um, uh, in COVID in general, then, as soon as you as as you touched on it, um, how how would you sum up? I mean, if I spoke about highs and lows of um, your career in NHS procurement, um, would COVID be one of those? Yeah, I, I think it would definitely be probably a high and a low. Yeah, oh, okay. Um, yeah. I mean, the high is that it really showed what what we could achieve by having one objective that everyone shared. We had one thing to get right and all the other noise or workload dropped off and we were totally focused as a team and as an ICS and wider national teams on ensuring that we had the right PPE and products to keep our staff and patients safe. Mm. So I think it really shows what a difference it can make by all the team understanding the objectives, understanding where we're heading, understanding how it's going. And sometimes I think we need to look back and remember that ensuring the team understands the objectives can ensure that we get the job done as a team. So I think that was the high, really, truly working collaboratively across the teams and across organisations. I mean, mutual aid was fantastic. And that's gone on now. We, We continue to provide mutual aid to trusts who... I've had supply resilience issues 
which never really used to happen. It was like, oh no, mm. we bought these products. You can't possibly can't possibly just give me them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's definitely so that so that so that's interesting. So that's definitely feels like something that's now become a new way of working. That is just how it is now. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think it brought the profession together more? Then Definitely, do you think it brought yeah. it as a closer community? Yeah, yeah. And certainly in our ICS, we've always worked well collaboratively across trusts. However, it also brought in primary care and the what, what is now the ICB procurement team into our collaborative working to ensure GP practices had the PP that they required as well. So and that's continued. They are now a part of our collaborative procurement working group would you say uh but so what would you say was what were you most so that's the, the highs that let's actually let's keep to the to this so lows i mean would, is it the obvious lows of just simply not being able to get yourself in certain certain um items that were really crucial and just simply not having the availability Yes, and um, the whole stress of thinking that you may not. Luckily, we never ran out of anything in, in our trust. So, um, you know, you saw some people in bin bags and things, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We never, ever got to that stage. And we had fantastic support from the community. So Sheffield Arena was our storage area for PPE um, and that went on to be a, a vaccine hub as well so um, we had great support from our local communities um, so but I think just the stress you know the army ringing up at mm. three in the morning getting directions to yeah. Northern General Hospital I, I knew the address like in my sleep I could just tell them the directions they often rang up in the middle of the night sort of thing so I mean when whenever would that happen normally so yeah we had a army general working with us organizing the logistics it was a really interesting time it's um one of the uh, the, the things about that period that I, that I often wonder about is did you did you um did you suddenly have people I don't know, friends, extended members of the family that started asking you about your job because it was in the public eye. Did you get that? You know, like... Yeah, yeah, definitely. Know. They were probably so bored because they were all... Uh, <laughs> 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 but yes, definitely had more interest from uh, people that weren't in the NHS because mm. um, it was on the news and obviously we saw the... Yeah, exactly the news broadcasts every day uh giving the updates and PPE was a a key issue wasn't it for the government suddenly everybody because knew once we got into a rhythm and the national supply kicked in then that stressful period I suppose um reduced somewhat but everybody now knows what PPE stands for don't they <laughs> which I guess wouldn't which I guess wouldn't have been the case prior to that no so if something, if, if, if um, you, you know, hopefully this doesn't happen, but if something similar to COVID happened again, would you be sort of confident that, you know, all those things that were learned during COVID would mean that um, we wouldn't have the same sort of issues? I would hope so. And there are more British 
suppliers now who can yeah. manufacture products. So I would hope we'd be in a much better position um, if the same was to happen again. Okay. Uh, one of the things I wanted to ask you about is this year we had the full launch of the HSA Women's Network. Yeah. And we had the inaugural meeting, which was in April. And uh, you know, I was at that. It was it was genuinely phenomenally successful. Just the whole buzz, the vibe, uh, feedback, just everything about it just felt really good. Um, and I know that you you're you know you're passionate about the the women's network and that. I just wanted to ask you about how you feel about you know this this first year of the women's network and how it's gone. Oh, I I think it's gone fantastically. Um, It was really well organised. I was uh, proud to be part of the um, council, Um, so inputting ideas into the event. Um, And I do feel it had lots of energy, and it is so important. I mean, I was a teenage pregnancy statistic uh, right. and in my early career, when I was pregnant as a teenager, so I had my daughter at 18, I was told I I couldn't have the promotion I deserved because I was pregnant. Right. Um, so, and openly told that, no, you, you can't have the promotion, you're going on maternity leave. Yeah. And I'm glad to say things like that have changed. However there are still challenges as a woman um, in the workplace. And I'm so proud that we've launched the Women's Network to support our female procurement colleagues and to really make a difference to ensure we do have equality and people can progress in their careers um, without the challenges that I faced as as a teenager. So yeah, I think it's got great momentum Everyone that came to the event who I spoke to loved it, absolutely loved it. We had safe spaces for people to share their own experiences and concerns in the workplace and and also to give ideas how we could take future events forward. Um, So, yeah, really, really worthwhile. It'll be great to see that develop and, and future events take place. It it, it 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 genuinely was. Um, I'm not sure I've been quite at an event before. It's had that kind of a. There was just a. There was an extra buzz about it, I suppose, because of the nature of it. You know, it it was really great just to sort of be there to witness it. So, I mean, I think. Uh, I mean, it's definitely something that's here to stay. I think it will get bigger and bigger. Going to be like um, something that's on the you know on our agendas for conferences going forward as well. It's going to be a topic there and. Now we've obviously got the winter conference coming up. Yeah. Which I know you'll be at, Andrea. That'll be great, yeah. Uh, in Manchester again as well. Good Manchester, Manchester Central, yeah, 28th, 29th November. Um, you can you can book your tickets for that now. Uh, also, while we're talking about all the fantastic work that, that was done during COVID um, um, and beyond, obviously the HSA Awards nominations for that have just uh, opened. And yes, you do get until September to do it, but it's best to get them in early because no one wants to be, no one wants to be getting into that, you know, when you're when you're tight on the deadline. So uh, get them in as, as soon as you can as as well. That would be great. Um. So, Andrew, one one other thing I was gonna I was gonna ask you about is, 
do you have any uh, particular goals now that you're looking at through you know the stuff that you do with HSE, you know, support in our women's network, etc., stuff like that? Um, um, but also in your personal profession there. Yeah, I mean, uh, Sheffield teaching hospitals, just going through a restructure and um, got some exciting opportunities. So that is uh, my current goal to actually um, bolster the team and really um, get some uh, great new people in the team. So we have actually got a um, recruitment site. I'll plug it here. Mm -hmm. www.sthprocurementteam.co.uk and that's got um, opportunities on there so please have a look and uh, and see if you're interested in any of the exciting roles that we've got um i'm really enjoying being on hcsa though i've only been on the national council about 18 months i think um, mm -hmm. i'd like to continue to be involved in developing um events and um, getting more people involved in HCSA. I think uh, it does have a role to play nationally. Um, personally, um, I'm learning to play squash and I had my first <laughs> tournament game. Did you really? <laughs> yes, but I lost, but only by 10 points. So uh, not too bad. Um, I, I used to do a bit of squash. It's a, it's a, I mean, it's, it's more of a fitness pursuit than a, than, a, than a sport almost isn't it which is why people do it a lot I mean a crazy thing you, you know you, you, whacking this tiny little ball that doesn't really give you a lot back <laughs> isn't it it's like hitting the it's like hitting the lump of plastic thing. yeah <laughs> it's, it's hard work uh but I'm loving it I'm really yeah and that's good right yeah I'm part of a a ladies squash group but in the tournament it's uh guys and uh, women so, this yeah. is this this is self getting competitive when you uh I'm always involved in competition. <laughs> <laughs> you did what was the race you did that um you did a uh race recently as well, didn't you? I remember that coming up on social yeah. media. Total Warrior. Uh, that was what? Total Warrior. So twenty-five right. different obstacles over twelve K. Uh, yeah. How was that? It was hard, but yeah, jumping through fire, I think that was the human barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds fantastic. Jumping yeah, through it was fire. good fun. Uh, there was was that like being back during days of COVID, was it? <laughs> jumping through <laughs> fire. <laughs> yeah, there were 24 of us, so we all stayed together, helped each other through yeah. it. Um, yeah, it was hard work, very muddy, but good fun. It's quite a nice segue, actually. I'm gonna, I'm gonna now. We've kind of like almost gone into like a little bit of telling us about personally what you're doing. Um, so we're now going to go into the final bit of the uh, podcast, which we call Desert Island Supplies, and and going to take you off there. And regular listeners will know that I'm now going to ask Andrea what she would like to take with her. You can take an, a luxury item, an album by an artist, and a film, or TV box set. I'd prefer a film, but some people do too. Take a TV box set. So first of all, what would the luxury item be? Probably my Nespresso coffee machine with unlimited pots. <laughs> with unlimited pots. I just recently bought a new, um, I bought a Lavazza. All oh, right. Um, and uh, yeah, it's marvellous. Yeah, love it. Yeah. I can drink it any time of the day. Do you do you have to switch to the decaf pots though? 
you know? You go through the day. Oh, you don't you just well. Oof. I can nothing stops me asleep. <laughs> well, you are a, you are a true warrior. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder you was jumping through those fiery hoops of abandon. Uh so okay, coffee machine coffee machine, brilliant. We'll make sure there's some sort of socket arrangement that you yeah. can plug that into there. Yeah. We'll take care of that, don't worry about it. <laughs> um uh, what album do you think you'd take for by what artist? Oh, definitely Prince. Uh, any album that has the little red Corvette on it. Yeah. Favorite Prince song um, with the best line. There. What was it? I can tell by the way you park your car sideways that it wouldn't last. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. It's not. You're not the first person to say Prince. I can. I have a reasonably good recall of when things are repeated. So we've had Prince a few times. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a few. There's a few. Uh, um, uh, artist that we've had a few times, but that's great. So you got your coffee. I was lucky enough to see him as well live. So. Oh, were you? Yeah. Where was that? Where did you see? At him? Leeds. Wow. Yeah, Leeds Arena. It was really good. Did you have good seats? Yeah. Well, it's quite like, a small some... arena, so we were near the back, but it's but it's intimate. So you are quite near the front. Really. Yeah. yeah. Was that one of those sort of? Was that one of those? Se- was that one of those secret? Um, shows, you know, and they sometimes it just sort of surprise shows. Sometimes they just sort of pop it up, or was it part of a big tour and that? I think it was part of a tour. It right. didn't. It weren't. It never did massive tours, did it? Yeah. It was part of a tour. What a thrill! What what memory that must yeah. be to have with you. Fantastic. Um, and what film would you take? Film I like one of my favorite films, The Assassin, with Bridget Fonda in it from yep. the nineties. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. Love yeah. That. Yeah, I think that was 93, something like that. I think it was early 90s. Uh, very good. That's a remake of the French film La Femme Nikita. Oh, good night. There you are, for people. <laughs> Anyone wishing to gain a little bit of knowledge? And Boxer <laughs> has to be hijacked. Have you have you seen hijacked on uh, Apple? Is this, the, is this the Idris? Yeah, yeah. that's brilliant. Edge of the seat sort of stuff. Brilliant. Okay. Well, I tell you what, you rattled off those answers on those. You definitely thought about it. <laughs> Some people panic and start, <laughs> you know. But you definitely, you definitely uh, had thought about that. Andrea, thank you very. I know you're very busy and everything as everyone is that we do on this podcast, but thank you for finding the time to do this. Thank you. I hope that your um search for new staff goes well. I know that it's an issue for uh, uh, many. Uh, staffing so hopefully we can help you with that and um, we'll get some out on social as well Excellent. in terms of that as well just to just to put that out there but thank you very much for um for coming on today thank you for having me and i hope you can join us on the next episode of supply cast bye